from Red to Black, a Homicide Life on the Street podcast. This is Joe. This is Daniel. Today we're going to discuss an episode entitled The Last of the Watermen. Again, our purpose is we love homicide, want to discuss this episode thoroughly, inside and out. It first aired Friday at 10 p.m., December 9th, 1984, on NBC. It was written by Henry Bromwell, Tom Fontana, and it was directed by Richard Pierce. A very brief synopsis. After uncovering the fact an elderly woman's tongue was cut out. Kay decides it's time to take a vacation. She returns home, and while she is there, she looks into a murder. That's it. Uh, yeah. Um, a pretty unique episode. Oh, yeah. Like, uh, very different, I think, compared to some of the stuff we've seen so far. Which I feel like we've been saying that a lot lately. Right? Season... It, 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 it's funny you said it, because I'm thinking, how many times have you said the same thing? Yeah. Oh, this is really... But this is totally different. Yeah. Except for the parts with Frank and Bo. Right. The K thing is like another TV show. Yeah. Yeah, so let's... <laughs> I guess we'll start there, right? Is that they walk into... Well, I, actually, the cold open on this is fantastic, I thought. Uh, G on his Sunday going to do laundry goes to do goes to the laundromat and he's like he's like dressed he's like wearing a leather jacket he's he got the, really cool. a bandana yeah he looks awesome looks like twenty years younger than he does in a jacket and tie but um, he's going in and he's smoking a cigar the whole time which I guess I I didn't even think this was that long ago that you could just smoke a cigar in a right, laundromat right. but um, he uh, is doing laundry and runs into John Munch, Detective Munch, also doing laundry. And uh, Munch just, like, won't shut up, won't leave him alone. What a weird thing. And even, like, G addresses it and is like, look, today is the day that I don't have to deal with you. Silence. <laughs> right. And, uh... But in typical Munch fashion, he doesn't get it. Yeah, right? Well, does he get it? Does he want to be annoying? He doesn't... He's, he's unaware of things. It was, like, such a... Silly, funny scene, especially seeing them out of the office, kind of in their regular clothes. Close, right. uh, it was so funny, but then I, I felt like it was kind of poignant and like sad for Munch when he's like, I hate Sundays. Right. Where like he just, I guess he really needs to be around people. And yeah, yeah, it said a lot in the little scene. Yeah. Whereas G didn't need the excitement. Right. He was ready for peace. Yeah. Yeah, like anyone doing at a laundromat doing laundry. No right. one's looking for a conversation. Um, yeah, I thought that was that was a really smart, really fun uh, opening for this episode. Uh, that takes us uh, many other places. <laughs> I feel like almost total opposite to that. Um, a real K episode, and I would say I it didn't. I didn't really consider it until we were about halfway through this episode that. He really is like maybe the least explored character on the show so far. Like, do you feel like you learn so much about every other character and that Kay is the one you know the least? I, I would say you're probably right. Yes. Yes. Up until this point. I, I mean, like maybe. Uh, so in terms of like their history, 
and their home life and where they're from. We really don't know a lot about them. Right. But we've seen all these characters kind of develop and get into things outside of the job. All we really know about Kay is that she's, like, really good at her job. Right. Uh, and... We know she has a boyfriend. Right, yeah. In the prosecutor. And uh, she seems to do pretty well with Bo Felton, which is, like... Gosh, she's a miracle. Working. Right, yeah, she's a miracle worker, uh, just for wor- for working under those circumstances. Although I'll, I'll have something to say about that later. Yeah. I, I, I feel mm-hmm. like... Uh, so, to that end, with Kay feeling like the least explored character this one go like way compensates for that right by following her so she's on the job and in, in very un k howard like fashion says she's had enough right she's grossed out by someone the tongue. yeah someone cutting the tongue out i mean they go into this house and there's this little old lady on the floor and she's been horribly beaten up and her tongue has been cut out and shoved back in her mouth and she says that's enough uh, and then just leaves. <laughs> she just walks off the site, right? I think, even though this is not said, she was kind of, this was kind of a, she planned a vacation, or had been, and this was just the straw that broke the camel back. It's like, okay, now I'm going to go. Yeah, right. My, wasn't said, that's what I think. Obviously, she knew right where she was going. Right, you know, right. She, she didn't say, oh, what do I do? Where do I go? It was like, I'm going back home. Yeah. What a what a strange job that would let you do that. Yeah. Just walk out mid, mid-work mid day. But um, so she goes on a trip, and yeah, we get like a very, even for all the ways that homicide defies kind of the conventions of homicide, something I don't think we've seen very much of yet. For the first time, we I think, I think for the first time, we leave Baltimore. I think you're right. And she's in the car, and we get almost the entirety of a Counting Crows song about mm-hmm. it's raining in Baltimore. Um, and this kind of like bucolic country scene that she's driving through, and she's going back home. They're really establishing the distance between who she was and who she is now. Right. Um, I'm trying to think if there was any other time that they like... I mean, they might have gone to, like, a town over or something. I was going to say, any more than that, I would say no. No. Um, So, I mean, they've been to Washington, D.C. Remember that with... Remember when they went and saw the FBI? Yeah, right. Right. But, I mean... And they had to go to the... The the consulate. Yeah, right, the consulate, right. But that's not really... I mean, it's, yeah, right. You know... It's a, another city. It's not New York City, even, or Philly. Yeah. Um, well, uh, uh-huh. I, I think, and that's probably exactly the effect that they were looking for from this story, was to take this so far removed from the hustle and bustle, the grittiness of the city of Baltimore, and go somewhere that is beautiful. Um, so, uh, do what do you want to do? Do we want to follow the cave? Yeah, the storyline, the and then go back and talk about Bo and... Yes. All right, cool. So, uh, she gets there, and... Her entire family are all <laughs> boatmen, oystermen, watermen, watermen, something men. Yeah. Uh, either one of those pick. Um, and uh, she gets there, and it 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 took me almost the entire episode to understand everyone's relationship with everyone else yeah, it's there. Hard. So it's her her brother, her younger brother Josh. Right. And then there's this character Chick, right. who I thought they were calling Chip for part <laughs> of the episode, uh, who is a former lover. <laughs> 
And then this guy, Chris. And Chris is like just a, I guess, a friend or works with them on the boat or whatever. And uh, Kay is surprised to find... And her father. She's surprised to find that he's not there. Right. She was expecting him to be on the boat with them. Right. Throwing ropes around. That's all they seem to be doing. They're getting ready to go after the day. It seems to me that she really didn't know what was going on. Yeah. Like her father's not even working. This happened to this guy. And she really wasn't on top of things. Right. They hadn't really been keeping her in the loop. Yeah. Yeah, and this, as we learned throughout the episode, I wonder if she even knew, like, how dire their situation is financially. Yeah, I don't think so. Yeah. So they're, they, uh, yeah, they go out and they live off of the sea and the things that they catch. And um, Anyway, she, uh, so we, we kind of get this, uh, they're, what they're all having dinner, and we get this backstory of kind of Kay and Chip. It, in a way, it's, throughout the episode, it's really shown more than told. We can kind of tell just kind of by the way that they look and they act around each other that there's some history there. And they walk through this graveyard. She, I guess that's what she says at dinner, right? She's like, I'm going to go see mom. Yes. And then she just gets up from the table. Yeah. And her Chip follows her through the graveyard and then they end up at a headstone for her mom. Um, uh, and the hat, Chip's hat, uh, I wanted to look that up. Uh, till, till... I forget what it said. It's like Till T I L G H M A N Tillman Island, but I don't know if you pronounce the G H. Probably not. Um, but uh, so they're um, after that, uh, and, and I guess in that scene is where they start kind of talking about their relationship. She's asking, he's asking if she's seeing anyone, and she's saying, "Oh, what's up with whatever his." Uh, and they're divorced. Yeah. Right. Uh, when, and like I said, she didn't know. Yeah, and it sort of begins to establish this this theme of the people who are from this place leave this place. Kay left, and these are kind of the people that stayed around. Um, so uh, the next our, our next scene with uh, Chip and the gangs, they're out on the boat catching oysters, or I don't know if you call it catching, but whatever. I, I mean, they're just there. You scoop them up, <laughs> but he's got the. Um, uh, they're uh, on the boat and then doing work, and we hear cop sirens. Right, and police pl- boat. Yeah, police boat comes over, and they immediately board. They know exactly huh. what they're there for. And I guess what what is their? I assume the oysters either a weren't big enough, or they sh- shouldn't have been fishing where they were. But whatever they're doing is illegal. Yeah. Uh, I, I thought it was the equipment. They were Maybe saying it was the equipment. It, like, yeah, it, like, digs up the oyster bed, and then you can't have yeah. oysters there or whatever. I, I don't know. Well, I guess it's the it's the first part of setting up this distance between the authority down there and even the academia and these day to day fishermen who are relying on their catches right. for money. Yeah. Um, so they take all their oysters and just dump them. Just dump them. Yeah, dump them back. And there's a little tussle <laughs> on the boat, too. Um, yeah. Uh, I mean, you can you get a sense, I guess, that this has been going on for a while. That this is not something new for them. Um, yeah, their catch has been down. Things are not going well. Yeah. Um, so we're, 
later that day, I guess, uh, Kay and her, Kay and the gang, they're all playing pool at some bar, drinking beer, and the doctor, or the professor, whoever he is, at the academic, who was with the cops, comes over uh, to the bar, sits down, and gets a beer. And of course, it's tense. Um, and I guess it's it's weird that like they view him really as this villain, right? I mean, I guess he's shutting that. You know, he is he threw their oysters overboard. But really, he seemed to be a decent fella. Yeah, he wasn't a jerk about it. He explained what was going on. I think, yeah, I didn't see him as a villain. Yeah, I saw him as a guy that's got to do his job. Was sympathetic. But like, what's he gonna do? Yeah, and he was saying, like, look, if the, look, the methods by which you're catching oysters are going to lead to the extinction of oysters. How does that make sense? Yeah, then you're done. Right. Right, you're done. So, like, yeah, I guess there has to be some happy medium there. But uh, this is a story I know very little about, although uh, other than that it makes sense to me that it would exist. Um, so, uh, sure enough, <laughs> our doctor friend, the academic... Um, winds up murdered, slashed up pretty good outside. Uh, now, could you see this coming, that a murder was coming or no? You know, honestly, no. no? Okay. Honestly, no. I mean, it makes sense, right? And that's silly of me to not have put that together. Um, but I think the way that they were handling and kind of building up these characters in Kay's life, I really saw this going more towards a romantic storyline. Oh, okay. Or, you know, trouble at home or whatever. Um, but I mean, for a show called Homicide, yeah, it makes sense that right. there's a murder. Um, yeah, and so Kay's at home asleep, and the cop comes at, like, you know, in, in the morning. <laughs> <of the> night. <laughs> it's like, Kay, you gotta help us now, out. Now, you think about it, it's awful fortuitous for the show that this murder happens. Right. If you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. Isn't it a nice... Happenstance. Yeah, she happened to be there in right, town for right. the murder. Um, but they for know the first time in fifty years. Yeah, and uh, yeah, it's they can tell it's going to be a a problem. Uh, and lucky them, they have probably Baltimore's finest homicide detective. Right, is asleep in their little town. So yeah, he goes and wakes her up, and and she gets a, she gets there and she like starts to go to the work. Right, she's telling him ask find uh, any eyewitnesses. Get, talk to Eddie in the morning, the bartender there, who, like, also was kind of mad at this doctor guy, too. Like, he, like, slammed a thing on the counter. Um, yeah, uh, and the, <laughs> the local police officer asks, like, hey, can you take this case? She's like, no. <laughs> right. That's what she got, came there to get away from. Um, was, yeah, murder, and now he, you know, she wants to get, he wants to pull her back in. Um, so she goes to Chris's house, I guess this is the next morning, and Chris is the guy who's not her former lover and not right. her brother. Right. Uh, and Ch uh, Chick, her former lover, is there. Um, oh, and I guess that night they kissed, too. So that was also, like, I, I think that was the point when you were like, what show is this? Yeah. Where, like, they had, like, that soft The music was bizarre. Yeah. And they, uh, they just don't do that on homicide. Yeah. In that way. Right. Um, 
Yeah, again, so weird. And, and uh, maybe helped kind of feed that misdirection for me. Where it was like, this is going to be more about, you know, these two. Um, so, yeah. Uh, um, she goes to Chris's house. They're all kind of just like nursing their hangovers. And, and Kay is doing work. She's trying to figure out, you know, she's asking them what happened. Where were you when? Who? Yeah. When did he leave? When I'm just gonna say it. Every meal, she was just conducting an interrogation. Yeah, and they know it too. There was that one meal. I don't think it was it wasn't here. So, oh well. That so before we get to that, Chris beats up the toaster, hmm. and that was one of the few moments in this episode where they did the zwing. Yeah, they did. It wasn't. There was no zwing sound, no. but it was just a repeated the. Him slamming the toaster down. That thing was really on fire, Dick. Yeah, right. At one point, you could see his flames. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you'd think he would have <laughs> smelled it. But I, I guess, you know, if he's hung over and feeding a baby, whatever. So, uh, but I guess the emphasis added there is that he kind of has a temper and maybe he's kind of like flying off the handle, isn't acting appropriately. And, and things are not good yeah. at home. Yeah. Their toaster's defective. They don't have money. Things are kind of crappy. Yeah, right. Yeah, and he says they're behind on the payment. Right, yeah. behind on everything else. Um. So, uh, Kay at this point, I think, is like pretty sure that they were someone. What either Chris or a Chip committed the murder, and. I don't know, is there, like, even a moment's hesitation from her? Like, it, it, do you see her wavering at all on, like, what to do next? No. Yeah. I don't think she ever worried who did it. Whoever did it was going to pay. Yeah. Like she said, it's her job. Right. Um, so and yeah. by the way, I haven't seen her smile as much as I did in this episode. Right. Yeah, which which she's kind of pretty, but she never smiles. Yeah, it's a it's a totally different side of like, yeah. that we're seeing in this in this episode. And I, you know, again, I think that's exactly what they were trying to do with this, uh, and why it felt so different. This uh, episode feels so different because uh, yeah, it was nice. Yeah. It was nice to see them out in the country, and it was nice to see them on the boats and stuff, and. Yeah, she's she's a lot more seems a lot more happy isn't so intent uh, as intense as she usually is um so uh yeah Kay goes back to the bar she talks to Eddie uh and Eddie confesses that her brother Josh was there and so it seems like well if this if we're getting this bit of information so late in the game it seems to make sense that maybe Josh committed the murder right so that's where they go. They have that family dinner. And this, I thought it was a really cool scene where it's uh, Kay and Chick, Josh and Kay's father are all sitting down. And I think most of it was one take. So it's a long take of them talking around the table <coughs> and does that thing where it's shifting focus as people are talking. Right. Which is like kind of disorienting, difficult yes. uh, to get to pull that off. But um. Yeah, that was a good scene. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's her kind of connecting the dots a little bit, and Josh confesses, you know, what he saw there after being pushed. Yeah, right. 
Right. Yeah, he doesn't he, want to deal with it first. Yeah. And so earlier in the episode, as Kay is kind of putting these pieces together, she says to Chick, I don't know if someone was holding. Right? Or does she say she does know that someone was holding? She doesn't know. Yeah. She's, she's unsure. Not sure. Which would make them... Uh, yeah, right. Um, and she says that to Chick. And then after Josh confesses that he saw someone being stabbed and he says who it was, he immediately shoots eyes over at Chick. Uh, so our next scene is the police all showing up and they have the, the weapon, which okay. is an oyster knife. Right. Um, and then... Uh, they're going through his house. Chris is out there on the front porch with his family and stuff, and uh, they find a shirt that's just stained with blood. And, of course, he goes off yeah. on his poor wife. Yeah. And, again, showing his temper and anger. Um, and then you realize, sure, he could do something like a murder. Yeah, right. Um also, that was like, I feel like that's something from Twin Peaks, too. That thing of, like, I told you to wash this shirt. I forget the character, Leo, I think, did, like, a, a very similar thing. Um, but, uh, yeah, so the, I mean, they have everything now. Uh, they take Chris in. Um, and as Kay is getting ready to leave, um, uh, her he, she sees her dad. Her dad says, uh, and he's, like, kind of, like, Let's talk about her dad for a little bit. He's kind of like a curmudgeon and yeah. mean, rough around the edges. Um, in this last scene, he kind of, I guess, breaks down a little bit and, or, or breaks down his, his wall, lets down his guard, and just says he loves her and that he's proud of the work that she does. Um, she never talks about him. Yeah. At work. Right. To anybody. Yeah, and uh, he also seems like he's not throughout the episode, that he's not too proud, that he's worried that it's, you know, maybe scared for her. Yeah. Or, you know, that, you know, it's rotting her brain, being mm. picking over all these bodies or whatever he says. Um, but in this scene, he kind of just lets her know that, you know, he's proud of the work. Now, like, in terms of these characters' lives, he, like, his co-worker, Chris, just went to jail for killing this guy who was you know, preventing them from doing their job. Obviously, he was drawing ire from the the watermen. So, I, well, then she says goodbye to Josh, and Josh is obviously affected by being the snitch. You know, like, he's out there in the grass, kind of just looking up, listening to music. Um, and Kay kind of, like, reinforces to him, like, look, he killed someone. That's what happens when you kill but people. Doesn't he seem so, like, I don't know. Out of it, doesn't care. Yeah. I don't know. He, to me, to me, it just showed he was, it was like a disaffectation. Yeah. He was just, I don't know. Yeah. He didn't seem to care. Well, and then, and then, uh, then she, uh, Kay gets to talk to Chick, um, and he says, you know, yeah, you're, you really do have, good intuition or whatever. Something they had talked about earlier yeah. in the episode. Which, to me, I guess, is him acknowledging that, yes. Complimenting he, her, yeah. Well, no, it's him saying that he held the guy. Oh, really? That's what I read into. Ah! She brought it up to him in that okay. scene. I didn't get that. And where Josh immediately looks to him for approval. 
when he gives up Chris, he like is protecting Chick. I didn't get that. Am I reading too much into it yet? I don't know. Yeah. I, I that's what I I mean it's there, you know, everything on TV is there for a reason. So why does that put in there? Yeah, right. I did not pick up on that. Yeah. So you think he was there? Yeah, I think I think he was holding the guy. Wow. Yeah. So he'd be an accessory. Right. Wow. Now, and maybe it's just not, maybe it's too much to put that decision on Kay. Like even for the writers to say, like, well, if Kay wants to do this, yeah, you know, we have to reveal this to Kay. They leave it kind of, like, ambiguous there. Hmm. But I feel, I don't feel like that character, Chick, is um, not guilty. I think Chick is, yeah. I didn't catch that. So, um, so yeah, so you you had some comments while we were watching it about this this storyline where it was just like, what show is this? It, it just, it was so different for homicide episodes. Like you said, they were off the set. The music was weird, and it was it was almost like. It was a pilot for a show for her. Even though I know it wasn't. Yeah. It could have been a pilot. Yeah. You know? Right, that country, country homicide detective. Country homicide. Yeah. Right. Um, I did look it up now. This uh, Tillman, I'm going to call it Tillman. Uh, Tillman Island is uh, an island in the Chesapeake Bay. It's part of uh, Talbot County, Maryland. So... It's not far away. Not too far, but uh, enough for a, a nice drive montage. Yeah, it's pretty. Um, yeah, I uh, yeah, I agree. I, I, I really liked it. I really like this story. And I feel like it, it as much as it is not the grittiness of homicide and it is not the the even like the deep character dive, right? Like we kind of get introduced to these characters very superficially. They accomplish like setting up a lot of background, but we're just kind of seeing them in snippets here. Um, I still feel like I liked all of them. I liked like I liked where the characters were going. I liked where the story was going. Um, and yeah, Melissa Leo is like such an incredible, incredible actress that uh, it's really fun to see that range yeah. come from Melissa Leo. She she's awesome, but I got to be honest and say I didn't like that part of the story. That's me. Yeah. Melissa Leo. I can never say enough about. Yeah. She is tremendous, as has been proven by her career. I mean, she's done more than anyone on the show. I mean, she's won Oscars. So. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I wonder, like, I know it late in later seasons and probably around this time in the show, they started having female writers on staff. So I, w- I wonder if the reason that we talked about before how this character of Kay Howard is like, feels like a stone that's kind of unturned compared to some of the other characters. I wonder if that's because it's written from the male gaze Could be. and why the character of Kay Howard comes across as so masculine all the time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was, so it was, it was, I thought it was interesting to see, yeah, that, that range kind of on display. Um, do you want to talk about this, uh, our other storyline. Of course. So this, one thing that I really loved about the Frank and Felton storyline is that, well, one, we've seen these two before close together. Yeah. And it's like, uh, it, it's friction, right? It's right. clear friction. 
there's uh, the uh, white-black argument uh, that there is, like, ongoing between those characters. But I feel like it, there's so many more levels that they disagree or that they don't make sense. I of. think intellectually they're just not at the same place. But, but, in this episode, I was really impressed by Bo. He looked good. He acted quickly. He was very serious. He was turned off by the murder. But you know what's funny? Frank said almost word for word what he said another episode. Every life has meaning. And I'm saying, you just said that. And, and you almost used the same type of example. Yeah. And I wonder, why did they do that? Do you have any explanation? That's an interesting... Yeah, I, I wrote right? that down... Did you get that? Well, I wrote down that down too, but I wrote down the, the next two words, which was, every life has meaning, even, even yours. yours. Yeah, to Felton. Right. Which, which feels like a... But he, he just said the same thing like last episode. Yeah. I wonder why. I mean, you know, when you're when they're thinking in of these uh, characters in the writers' room, there's probably like real major themes that they're exploring with them, and I think that's uh, you know true to this character. Like Frank views himself kind of as like a catcher in the rye almost like an archangel-type character who's doing this, like, high, the work of the higher power. So, yeah, I mean, I can see where that re really resonates with what that character's doing. But that's, I didn't, I didn't think of that. Yeah, he said that at least once. Yep. If not more. Very recently. Right, this season. Right. Um, yeah. You know, his thing is, we, we can't decide which one's important not important. You know, every life matters. Yeah. We've already heard that, Frank. Um, yeah, when... So when Frank is in the G's office and G is telling him, hey, I want you to do me a favor, and Frank is like immediately... As soon as he asks, he's like, no. He's like, whatever you're talking about, right. no, I want nothing to do with it. And he's like, no, do it like as a personal favor. I want you to partner with someone. Where did you think? Did you know that was going to be Bo? I think only because I, I read the synopsis. Okay. Because I was immediately like, oh, this is going to be Lewis. Because uh -huh. our last episode was Crosetti. Right, right. The whole Crosetti uh, episode. So I was like, whoa, weird. Is he going to pull Frank off of Bayless and give him to, right. to Lewis now? Um, and so <laughs> so in that moment where he's uh, Frank is like trying to process all this, mm -hmm. And Felton sticks his head into the mouth uh -huh. and is like, Frank, come on, we gotta get right, out of here. Right, right. <laughs> kind of blows the whole. Yeah, yeah. But like... again, Bo, Bo impressed me the whole time. Yeah. I mean, again, he even looked different. Yeah. He was clean shaven, just looked sharp, acted sharp, and was committed to getting the murderer. Yeah. And does right. He does. did a great job. Yeah, right. Did uh did the did the work. Um, there was an interesting part in the story where they're in the morgue and they're kind of like I guess getting piecing together the puzzles of how this person was killed, and uh, Bo Felton kind of like crudely distinguishes between killing and murder, and he says to Frank like, "Come on, we you know I wanna I wanna do this because 
um, uh, I haven't picked up a murder in a while. And Frank is like, what do you mean that case that you had last week was a murder? And he's like, no, that was a killing. Right. And I guess it's, you know, kids in this, uh, black kids, yeah, in Baltimore versus, and then he gets into the, you know, this is a little lady in the safety of her own own home. Like, you know, she doesn't deserve this or whatever. And yeah, that's where they have that conversation where, where Frank says every life has meaning, even yours. Um, I wonder if that's why, it like if that that little bit of who he is is why he's such a bad cop, right? Like, or why he's so bad at his job is if he's like making these sort of judgment, like biased judgments about the cases. Like, yeah, you could see where he's not so... He would be not so motivated. On some of them, yeah. Right? I mean, like, there's probably a lot more killings than murders by his... Agreed. By yeah. his scorecard. Could be. Um, yeah, I thought that was that was a really telling scene, I thought, for Bo Feldman. Um, Again, I thought their chemistry together was excellent. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Uh, yeah, I think they are, like... I, everybody on this show, there's such great actors. You know, it's. I feel like that's something that I keep saying. She just stopped saying. But yeah, I mean, the two of them together, it, it's so fun. And also just how irritate, like they irritate each other so well <laughs> that it's, that well never ends. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. They just keep doing that. Um, so they uh, interview a friend of the deceased and <laughs> she tells him, uh, Artie did it. For sure it's this guy, Artie. Uh, also like, as we talk about how great a detective job uh, Bo Felton does in this episode, I mean, the, this one's pretty teed up for him. It's his to lose. Dunker. Yeah, right. Uh, there's you know not too many people that probably could have gotten access to her. And don't they find the knife? I mean, come on. Yeah, right, yeah. Right. And then, so uh, Artie Resnick had priors, so they already had his prints on file. They dust the footprints on the... I mean, like, this is like... And the kid gives it up right away. Yeah, right. They don't even have to go into the box right. um, as soon as they as soon as soon they get him. By the way, I don't know where this fits in. But they're talking... And, and let's interrupt. Mm-hmm. They already have. Yeah. They talk about a TV in, in the bar. Yeah. The owners. And they go back and forth. And I think... I, I forget who says it, but he says, I live to make him happy. And I think he's talking about, I think it's it's um, Frank, but it was a great little wine, and it's kind of throwaway. And he says, I live to make him happy. That's what your Bayless says. Is that who it is? It was Bayless. Because he You're was- right. As he's Felton's walking out, he's like, "How do you deal with this guy?" And he says, "I've lived. you're right." Yeah, that was a great little line. This uh, was a, one of two or three, I think, scenes in this show, which has everyone except for Kay. Everyone is in this scene. You're right. Uh, they're all, and so it starts out with Frank talking about having the anatomy book, and he's reading all about tongues, and and in uh, typical. Uh, uh, like the spiritual essence of who Frank Pendleton is. He's like learning about all the, the things about the tongue and looking for symbolism in the tongue and why the tongue is cut out. Right. You can't swallow if you don't have a tongue and you can't right. do all this other stuff. Um, that's what, So as that's happening, then Lewis comes in and starts talking about getting the TV for the bar. 
And then uh, at the end of the scenes where they come in and they say, all right, we have the fingerprints on the blade. So we're, yeah, everyone's like getting, and not only is everyone in the scene, but like everyone's getting interesting stuff to talk about. Um, they cram so much into so little space there. I feel like that's something that we don't even see very much from this show. You know, usually when we sit down and we're talking about these storylines, it's like two or three people and they're in a car. Right. They're on a scene. Uh, you know, they're in the morgue. This one had these like ensemble. Group. Yeah. Yeah. That were like, you know, just one or two shots too that were they really, were really good. Really incredibly, incredibly well done. And also I think added to the, that strange feel of this episode a little bit. Um, it was almost like to compensate for the fact that they would have a spotlight on Kay. Yeah. Let's not forget about everybody else. Yeah, right. Here's what's going on there. Well, and so we also remarked, too, at the end of watching this episode, it was 48 minutes. Yeah. Which I I think is probably the longest episode yeah. that we've seen so far. Um, so if, you're, if, if we're already at that limit, if we've already <laughs> done so much on this episode... Uh, there's not really much room to have two other storylines. No, you're right. So it's almost like they had to cram everybody into one storyline to yeah. make that work. Um, there's a really cool scene where we see uh, this um, rivalry between uh, Frank and Felton come to a head on the basketball court when they're looking for Artie. Oh, yeah. Yeah, th- I thought that was awesome. That was good. Yeah, where they, to the point where like, they are so obsessed with just getting at each other, and now they have an outlet to do that. That all the other kids just stop. They give up. Yeah, right. They're like just watching them, right? And then they're like ready to take the ball and go home. But again, it gave me hope for their relationship because they didn't fight, they didn't foul each other, they played hard, but they didn't mock each other. Right. There was no punching. They progressed, in my opinion. I think their relationship improved. Yeah, over the episode. Yeah, for sure. I, and uh, I think like that is symbolic of of how they feel about each other. They're in the car and they were complimenting each other's basketball skills. Yeah, right, right. Which we would never expect to see from the two of them. Right. Um, so it was a good thing. You know, I I feel like this is so fun to watch. The the sun never sets on a Frank Felton storyline for me. Uh, It would be... Oh, you mean Frank and Bob? Yeah, together. Oh, okay. And, like, I kind of wish that we had taken every... The way, as quickly as we moved through that, those two in this episode, if that was spread off over, like, three episodes, if this one case was a little bit more complicated, and we saw them kind of butt heads more, I would be totally down for it. Yeah, great. Um, yeah, they, but I mean, they kind of tied everything up Their, their ongoing relationship is fascinating. Yeah. Um, and then of course, so they find, uh, Artie and I guess this must be one of those instances where you're like, we're already on page 45 <laughs> or whatever. You know, we have to, we have to wrap this story up. Right, you just better say you're guilty. Yeah. Brother. Yeah. So the kid asks for a cigarette, which they give him one and then they take him over to the car and he tells him get rid of the cigarette and he does and then he wham smacks his head right why did the frank car. do that um is he angry yeah i think probably angry it's also uh i mean that's where they confirm that they're dealing with someone who is a murderer okay right it's not just a little kid anymore yeah um but i thought he did it 
like it got to Frank a little bit for what the kid had done. Yeah. And the kid had no remorse. Maybe it, you know, maybe before you get into a cop car, I don't, I don't know, but maybe that he was, he's using that moment to like make it real, yeah. like scare him a little bit. Yeah. So that it, it becomes apparent what's going on. Yeah. You know? Uh, yeah, he did seem a little, uh, a little excessive from Frank there, and usually you would expect to see that the other way around. But, uh, yeah. Well, that's that's our episode. So, what do you think? Who's our winners, losers? Well, hmm. to me, since I'm always down on him, I got to say, Bo Feldman. Yeah, he's worked so hard. Yeah, on this. it is a winner. <laughs> he's, he's worked. So hard. I always feel, I don't feel bad for him. Yeah. But he creates his own problems. But this showed me why he is a detective. And again, not that it was a difficult case, but he handled everything professionally. Yeah. And as far as like a loser, you know, who else is there to pick? I, I I don't know. To me, nobody came off no. poorly. What do you think? Also, I'll I'll say for a winner, uh, chick, who is literally getting away with <laughs> being an accomplice to a murder. Yeah. yeah. If if that's the case, right? And that is maybe. I, I'm the more I think about it, the more I think it might be a deep read. Yeah. Um, but uh, I, I feel like those pieces are there. We have enough to go on. And again, to your point. Why would they include all those details right, if right. they weren't making that case? Yeah, um, yeah I think that character just deserves to be in jail with Chris. Um, and uh, I guess I'll say the loser is, uh, I'm going to say Josh. Uh, Josh, who did bring the, the, the key material to light that kind of closed the books on the case. Um, but only because now he's down a co-worker, probably has to work harder at work because right. Chris isn't there. So he... Made life worse for himself. Now his friend's in jail. Definitely a different episode. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, and I I think uh, I appreciate that. I think I, I liked everything about this. Um, is this the best episode of season three? No. I don't think so. But um, it didn't feel... Uh, in the way that this show has taken some missteps before... Or I've tried to do things that I thought were a little outside of their wheelhouse. I feel like this was compelling, at least yeah. for me. I thought they did a good job. Yeah. And just shows their 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 um ability to to have different types of stories. Yeah. You have to appreciate that. They did this type of story and they did it well. Yeah. Yeah, and you know what? I, again, I hope we see a lot more of those like ensemble. Everybody in the room. To me, those are my. That's my favorite part of the show. Yeah, yeah, so cool to see them all just kind of interact in in a squad room. Phones ringing, coffee's moving, throwing footballs, yelling, mocking. Isn't it weird that Kay doesn't come in and brag about how she closed? A, she didn't even care. Yeah, she closed a case on her right. vacation. Right. <laughs> She's so good. Yeah. I think she had one red case on her board. Yeah. She's very good. So, Joe, if we're done, 
Yeah. How do people contact us? Oh, they have uh, plenty of ways to do that. They can email us from red to black pod at gmail.com. Uh, they can reach out to us on Twitter, of course, at red to black pod. Uh, keep leaving reviews on iTunes. Please. Uh, we appreciate them. Uh, and drop us a line. Uh, you know, we always say, but we love, love hearing from you guys uh, and gals and uh, everyone out there. Your thoughts on the show, we really appreciate it. Definitely. Thank you for listening. Yeah, thanks for listening. And this is uh, now uh, episode... Boy, I don't even know. What is this, episode 8, 9 of season yeah, 3? I don't know. Um, but uh, the last of the Watermen, we can now turn from red... To black. That was episode 7. Episode 7. Great. Well, thanks for listening. <laughs>